Welcome to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of The Modern Eater. I am Juan Padro, sitting in for Greg Hollenbeck, who is on vacation, sitting on a beach somewhere in Florida over the next 10 days. So I'll be your host here for the next five episodes, and we have an incredible show for you today. Um, I'm super excited to uh, be hosting this with my good friend, Chef Kerry Baird. Uh, we've worked together for a long time, and uh, obviously uh, you all know her from her stint on Top Chef. Uh, and we have a couple other really awesome guests mm -hmm. today. Um, from Top Chef, uh, we have Joe Sasto uh, from Southern California. Uh, Joe, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we're super excited to have you here. Um, I always uh, uh, am grateful for your advice when I'm in L.A. as to where to eat, so... Uh, thank you for that, and, uh, and welcome to The Modern Eater. Um, and we have Joe Flam, who will be joining us a little bit later. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about some stuff uh, that's really fun. We're going to be making nachos, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about why. And uh, we're going to talk about the Chef Fatima uh, Foundation, which is uh, something near and dear to uh, Carrie and, and the Joe's hearts. Uh, and we're really excited to uh, let everybody know what that's all about. And, uh, and, and how they can help support that uh, incredible foundation uh, that is the legacy of an incredible woman. So, Carrie, welcome. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You got it. So, <laughs> Carrie, you, you, you decided that we we're going to do a nacho cook-off, okay? And uh, so I'm, as the person that's not the chef, Joe, I don't know how this happens, I was told I cannot do traditional nachos. So I got thrown the big curveball here. So, <laughs> so Carrie's going to do traditional nachos and get them going, or s somewhat, quasi-traditional. Quasi yeah. um, and she's going to get going here in a little bit and cook uh, while we talk a little bit about uh, Fatih and, and, uh, and the foundation. Um, and then we want to hear a little bit about what's going on with you, man, joesasto.com as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think traditional nachos, to me, the word traditional like I have such a, I try to eliminate that word from my vocabulary when I'm talking about food or things in general. Cause for me, like tradition or traditional just means like something that's done over and over and over again in for you, you, your family, you particular person, wherever you are. Yeah. So like what's traditional for me may not be traditional for you, but yet they're still both traditional. So it's hard to say with certainty or use traditional as a definition <laughs> yeah. because it's such, it's such a weird word. And I don't, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way, but it's like every time it comes up, I always like to like kind of put that fork in the gear yeah. and try to like make people stop and think. Cause it's like, you know, Claudette Carrie, who, you know, I think was like the first person who poised that to me. And she was like, you know, if it's tradition in my house to sit and eat cereal in our underwear every Christmas morning, that's a Christmas tradition. And you can say that's a Christmas tradition, even if you don't do it in your house and that no one can say, no one can say it's not a Christmas tradition because she does it every year. And so it's just kind of like this very words are powerful and the way you use them and the way right. they're interpreted could like be used a lot of different ways. Yeah, so I'm curious to hear what kind of nachos you're making, Carrie. That's my long way of saying. <laughs> okay, so maybe we should backtrack a little and talk about why we're talking so much about nachos today. A hundred percent. I need to hear this story. So when Juan asked if I could co-host while Greg Hollenbach was out in the Modern Eater, I was like, of course. And then, you know, our dear Fatih, we lost her two years ago, just last week. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so it got me thinking that I wanted to ask the Joes to come on and we can talk and then like, how can we tie it in? And I was like, here comes the Super Bowl. And then Fatima made nachos one time on Top Chef with us and it didn't bode well for her. She was kicked off that episode. And, um, but so I was just thinking that, it, and Joe is a nacho expert. It's his favorite food and he okay. loves to eat it. And so I was just thinking we could tie it in. Like if the Joes and I made our like chefy nachos and then Juan can make his version of nachos <laughs> and we can just have a little like recipe club discussion about, you know, a beautiful American food. Like, or, you know, American, I guess, American. is it kind of? We don't know. Non-traditional. I, know, I want to know the answer to that. You funny you say that because <laughs> I, I don't know if, and I mean, that's me, I guess, being uneducated on the matter for it being my favorite food group. On whether or not it's considered, <laughs> here we go with the word again, traditional Mexican cuisine. Right. I mean, I know you could find like tatopos, which are yeah. like chips tossed in sauce. Mm -hmm. And then, I, you know, it kind of, you could probably, you could like, you know, it's almost like chilaquiles or kind of like nachos. Yeah. That's right. So like, it, I'm sure at some point it devolved into our American version. Well, Joe and I. But right. I think you could. In our restaurants, we use the word inspired to describe what we're doing. So, you I know, like that and word. I know you've been up to Senor Bear and, and, and eaten Blake's food. We call it Latin inspired cuisine for that, for that reason. So I understand mm -hmm. uh, your thought process with all of this stuff. And mm -hmm. Bardo is Italian inspired and, and yeah. you know, Mr. Rosso's Mexican inspired. And, and so, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it's good to, to, to get your inspiration from somewhere. But I'm super excited because I see some ingredients on here that I wish you were here to try because it smells yes. delicious. So tell us what we got. Okay, so my inspiration today, I had a lot of help from the whiskey bear himself, the uh -oh. Blake Edmonds, who's not only my it's life partner. It's a very partner. unfair competition, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> it's true. Well, Getting ganged up on here. Well, I mean, not to make excuses for myself, but it's been a long week, and mm -hmm. I just needed a little bit of help. So Blake let me kind of shop at Mr. Oso. As he should. Yeah. And so um, what we're going to do, and we have these, uh, these chips from Raclitas. Did I say it right? Raclitas. Raclitas. Yes. And so I'm, I'm having a hard time deciding which one. Do you remember what flavors they all are? Um, I believe these are uh, chili. Pueblo red chili. And these have some uh, 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 hibiscus and coriander, I believe. So good. Cinnamon and clove. Hibiscus, cinnamon, and clove. Joe, have you ever had a hibiscus, cinnamon, and clove tortilla? Look who's here. I haven't. Is it the tortilla that's infused with the flavors, or are they dusted yeah. on after Look it's Look at this fried? thing. It's, it's purple. Yeah, delicious. They're delicious. Uh, we have green chili, awesome. and we have some traditional uh, tortillas as well. So there's that word again. So <laughs> you got me thinking. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right. done. Every I'm time. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I use, I use classic and classical because to me that seems less um, yeah. defining and putting in a box than traditional. But I don't know. That could be just well, like traditional Italian food. It's like it's traditional for this ten feet of Italy till you go to another ten feet, and then it's like <laughs> yeah, a perfect well, traditional house, so, but it's not traditional in my house. So it's obviously blasphemy, and no one likes that woman, anyways. So we should probably uh, introduce this good-looking guy that just came and joined us. Thank you for coming on, Joe Flam. We appreciate you being here. Um, how are things? How's Chicago? Uh, we got about a couple feet of snow outside, um, so things are good. But the sun's shining. We got the roads clear finally. Um, so, you know, not bad. Not bad. Awesome. Did what you shovel your sidewalks yet? Yeah, I just shovel, uh, <laughs> shoveled four times in the last uh, 24 hours. 
sound that's, miserable. That's incredible. We haven't had much snow out here in Colorado this year. No. In fact, we're going to be in the mid-60s this week. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're feeling pretty, uh, pretty blessed uh, because we get to I think it's supposed to be single digits the rest of the week here. But that's Chicago. You guys are tougher than us. That's why I'm thicker than everybody else on the hey, call. Thicker. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, Joe Sasto, are you going to be cooking nachos? I have some nacho supplies. So I had a very long week as well. I was busy. And so we're gonna I let, have we're gonna like left, hook? leftovers. Well, I have leftover things from the fridge. And so I'm going to make a very untraditional version of nachos. Okay. I have like a set of ingredients. And I'll let Carrie do hers. And I think I'll do mine uh, afterwards. Yeah, you and, I will, you and I will do them together. Joe Flam, tell me, yes. uh, tell me about um, uh, Fatima. Uh, some you know, what's your what's your fondest memory of her? Um, oh, geez. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a real hot that's one out of the gate question. there, bud. Um, right? You know, I think some of the one of the simplest, like best memories of her. I think you know the ultimate best memory is you know cooking the finale with Joe and Fatih, and just you know I remember uh, at the end of the we had, we had got done cooking. Um, you know, the awesome part of that, too, is, like, Carrie wasn't on our team, but we got to share the kitchen with her. You know what I mean? So me, Super Joe, cool. Carrie, and Fatsy really got to cook, you know, and Adrian and Chris um, got to cook together, you know, on top of Aspen Mountain um, for the finale. Um, so sharing that moment with her, and, you know, obviously not knowing in the time that that would really probably be the last time uh, we ever got to cook with her um, on that level. Uh, but, you know, I remember even at the end of the dinner, I went to Joe and Fatih and I said, you know, whatever it is comes out of the end of this, this was, you know, it was the best. Like we, we you know, we had a moment where like this was the most fun uh, we could have cooking, you know, with yeah. people you love. And we felt like we put out a really good meal. And I didn't, you know, I didn't even really care from there. It was more just, uh, you know, that we got to have that experience together. That's incredible. Joe Sasto, what, you know, you guys all were competing with one another. How are you all such good friends? You know, because even though it's a competition, I think the part that a lot of people don't don't remember or don't realize is that when the cameras aren't rolling, we're still living together. And so, like, we're in this bubble that we have no contact with the outside world. We don't have our cell phones. We don't have hey. TV. We don't have music, Let's no radio, <laughs> nothing. And so we're just with each other. And so we're cooking dinner for each other every night. We're sharing stories. We're having breakfast together. We're getting ready. We leave the house. We come home together. And so it's like you're in this kind of boot camp scenario where even though you're competing, you're comrades in a way that bring everyone together and you're going through this wild experience that no one else can really relate to. So you just naturally form these like really close, intense bonds. Well, I think it was, uh, we got to Telluride, Joe, and they finally had enough rooms for all of us to have our own rooms, but one of the rooms had like bunk yeah. beds in it. And you were like, no, uh -huh. me and Joel, just take that one. That's <laughs> so what all of Colorado really wants to know weeks. is what's it like to have to live with Carrie? Oh, come on. You know, <laughs> oh, when, one of my favorite <laughs> memories of Fatih is the night I got kicked off. Mm -hmm. So they put all of the, when you get kicked off, you all go to the same like hotel room or suite or something. Okay. And, but all the beds were gone. And so I got to spoon, big spoon Fatih for three days till they found me a bed. Okay. It was awesome. But she, yeah. you know, she was there. She caught me. She licked my wounds. You know, she, 
it was just, you know, she was just the most generous ever. That's but. amazing. And I know how competitive. And also, Olivia with Carrie is awesome because Carrie's an awesome roommate and she <laughs> likes to drink lots of rose and late night whiskey um, <laughs> and just tell stories and sing songs. And I don't know if you know this about Carrie. I think this is like a low key Carrie fact. Carrie has an amazing voice. I did not know that. She and knows I the am words. so grateful she for you for sharing this to with me. Every, every song yeah. that's ever been written. Like, yeah. period. You'd be like, 90s Brooks and Dunn, the Idaho State song, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever weird 90s hip-hop. And Carrie's like, oh, yeah, I know every word of that song because, you know, <laughs> like, she has some, like, weird story. We're like, yeah, I cooked on a surf camp for E-40 for three years or something. <laughs> you know, like, what? Right. E-40 surfs? She's like, Very yeah, they're well. from the Bay. Very Amazing. well. <laughs> we have a new guest. Yes. Mo. Yes, everyone, please meet hey. Mo Ali. This is Fatima's brother. Mo, what a pleasure it is to have you. We thank you so much for taking a little bit of time with us today. And, and uh, you know, I know that in speaking with Carrie and the Joes, we're super excited to honor your sister. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure and it's an honor to join you guys. Tell us high level about the Chef Fatima Foundation. High level. So Chef Fatna Foundation is really just a way for us to um, keep going with some of the things that Fatma started. Um, she was big on, um, you know, inspiring other chefs, young, young women, especially from this part of the world. So we want to enable that. You know, one of the things we want to do is, is, is get to a position where we can start training chefs here, um, sending them abroad uh, to kitchens, uh, you know, in the U.S., like, Joe's uh, hopefully new kitchen that we're all very excited for, um, Rosemary, which is going to come out. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I think Fatma was also really big on feeding kids. So one of the big things I'm working on right now is, is setting up a food truck. Um, and the idea behind the food truck really is that it goes around. You know, there's lots of orphanages around here. There's a lot of kids on the streets over here just hustling. And we want to be able to give them, you know, just a little special treat. Um, so the food trucks, number one for me right now, chef exchange is when I'm going to be calling in, um, guests from around the world, chefs from around the world to come experience Pakistan, learn about Pakistan, um, be inspired by their time over here, um, and learn about the food that, you know, Fatma grew up with that she was so passionate about and that she wanted more people to understand. So, um, we've got quite a lot of things going. It's going to be baby steps for us, you know, one thing at a time. Um, but I'm just excited to get going with it. You know, it's, I think it's the best way we know to do something, um, you know, with, with something like, like as tragic as what's happened with Fatma. Um, it's just the, it's just the best thing I feel we can do. You know, it, it makes yeah. me feel closer. To well, she's left quite a legacy. That's for sure. And uh, it's cool that you're yeah. carrying that on and in her name. So that's, uh, that's amazing. So did, did you gotta, I gotta ask you, uh, how often did your sister cook for you? Um, less than I, I wanted. Um, yeah. <laughs> most, most of the time, Fatih, when I was in the States, at least, um, you know, the, the fact is I was in Australia um, and I left for university uh, a few years before she did. She went to New York and Poughkeepsie to the CIA and I kind of left for Sydney and I lived there and we didn't see each other for a few years. And, you know, I'd always like I started getting into cooking when I was in Sydney. Um, on my own and I was like missing like good food um, uh, in my uni days when I couldn't afford to eat out too, too, you know, too fancy. So I used to always be picking her brain, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And so she'd be telling me, 
you know, this is how you do the steak and this is how you do the thing. So um, <laughs> we connect, we kept connected. And then, and then every time we'd see each other in Pakistan, you know, one of the big things she, she used to do here was she used to always host a big feast and, and everybody was super stoked to be there, to eat her food, to just experience that um, because she had a gift, you know, when it came to cooking. So um, not as often as I would have wanted. Uh, well, it, sound, it, it, it sounds like those feasts were pretty special. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And they were. Yeah. Mo, where are you right now? Where are you? I'm in, I'm in Lahore, where it's, where it's currently 2.20 a.m., okay? Just letting <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. 2.20 <laughs> a.m. This is if I'm not sharp right now, okay, it's because I'm just... You sound, uh, pretty, you sound much better than any of us would at 2.20 a.m. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah, you sound much more sober than any of us gotcha. would at 2.28 a.m., that's for sure. This was me carrying Joe right now. This conversation would have to be like met with a heavy, heavy sensor. Yeah. <laughs> A nice big long. Mo, what are, do you guys have financial goals for the foundation? I mean, is there a certain amount of money you're trying to raise, and and uh, and, and and tell us how we go about um, you know promoting the foundation and uh, getting people to donate. Yeah, so so for us, it's like the more the better. To be honest, we've just we just launched a campaign where we were able to raise like uh, you know um, a good amount of money. We we actually were wanting to feed a bunch of kids. So we had a target of, I think it was something around the $1,500 mark for 500 kids. And, um, and uh, we, we shot past that. So, you know, we've been able to achieve that. And then the rest of the money is going to the truck. Um, the website is really the best place in our social. Our Instagram is the best place you can kind of keep track. What I'm doing right now in the, uh, is setting up a 501c in the U.S. so that um, all of, you know, uh, Pati's big supporters and all of our friends in the U.S. can also um, can also potentially give through that. But in the meantime, you, you know, you can you can you can send money to the accounts that we've got over here. Okay. Uh, we're, set up, we're set up in Pakistan. All that information is going to be on the website. Um, uh, but give us like a day or two because we're just working a few kinks out. We launched and we, we got to iron out a few things. So. So you said fifteen hundred dollars feeds five hundred kids in Pakistan. That's right. It was a pretty good deal for them. Um, you know, we can get, we, we're really lucky over here. We've got great support. Um, I have somebody very close to us who owns a restaurant. So I get to just hijack it whenever I need to. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of overhead. So it, it, for me, it ends up being just the food cost. Um, and so we were able to make, basically, we took Fatih's. Fatih used to have a stall at Smorgasburg in Brooklyn. And um, she used to make this thing called the fried chicken biryani. And I love um, yeah. yeah. And I took that recipe and I turned it into a burger. And uh, it was a fried chicken burger, basically, with um, some chips inside of it. We gave them a pack of juice, gingerbread cookies, because that, that was something that Fatih used to love as a kid, and um, her favorite uh, pack of chips. And um, it, it, yeah, that's how much it cost us. It's like, uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a heap. Um, luckily, so we can we can really make the dollar go far. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you uh, let Carrie know and we can get on there. And I want to feed 500 kids, so yeah. you got 1,500 bucks from me coming right when that's ready. Oh, that's nice of you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to send. We're going to be sending photos and everything too. So awesome. Stay on our Insta, you know, and and you'll see us doing all sorts of good stuff. 
Uh, incredible work you're doing, man. Uh, I really appreciate um, you know you carrying on a, an, an incredible legacy, and it's going to build a legacy for yourself as well. That's that's great stuff. No, thank you. You know, and it's like it's with it's with everybody around us that makes it easy for us. Yeah. You know, uh, Flam, Sasto, Carrie, the whole Top Chef family, um, so many others. You know, it's just like Fatma's uh, second year anniversary was coming up on the twenty fifth. And it's always a really heavy time. Um, and this year, you know, the anxiety going into the date and all the memories and stuff that makes you sad, um, with just so much love around us, it's, uh, we're blessed. <clears throat> we really can't thank everybody enough. And we're so happy to be connected with, you know, the great people that are on this podcast right now. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, once we get uh, the restaurant up and running, I think we need a Carrie Sasto flam dinner to get some funds going for the Chef Fatih Foundation. If you're uh, if you're down, Mister Mo, maybe we'll get out there. We should get out there and make you cook because nothing would have made Fatima happier than like you sweating your ass off in a kitchen, getting yelled <laughs> at by the three of us. Yeah, um, I think really, really would invoke the true memory of Fatih. Um, and you know, would just would have her really smiling down, watching you get worked over out of light all day. <laughs> I am down. I you idea. tell me when it is. I will fly there and I will be in the kitchen and you work me to the bone. I'm more than happy uh, to do. I'm going to lobby for really that dinner cold. to be in Colorado, though, okay? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love Colorado. I'm a, that's, a, that's an easy sell for me. <laughs> Sasto, you'll have to get a coat, a big, warm winter coat. Yeah, as long as, it, as, long as I have my winter parker, I'll be fine either place, <laughs> Chicago or Denver. All right, guys. Carrie. We got Mo. Thank you so much for being on. We got to take a break. If you can stick around, feel free. But it's late. Feel free to go to bed too. And uh, we appreciate you so much for coming on. And uh, I'm excited to donate to the foundation. And and, uh, and and we're excited to share the great work that you're doing all over the place with all our contacts. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. We love you, Mo. Thank you. Love you, Mo. Love you too. Love you too. Good to see you. You too. <laughs> So we are going to go off to break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be sampling Chef Carrie Baird's nachos. Pretty exciting stuff. That's great news. I found nacho ingredients. (laughs) Perfect. Perks of living with a pregnant woman. We'll be right back. Hey. What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumplin', for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the modern eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax in York, 
and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery kitchen today. Studio Kitchen Colorado also houses Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start in the evenings, Monday through Thursdays at the three-week course. It's a gimme. It's free to you. Whether you're a home cook, you want to get into the business, or you just want to sharpen your skills, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start is for you. After the segment that we play for you from Proud Souls, we're going to jump to another segment that was pasta-making right in this kitchen last night. Making education cool again. That's what we're doing. And people, I'll tell you what. If you like to watch people cook food and you like to participate and you want to be involved in community, food, and the efforts that takes place right here at Studio Kitchen Colorado, go to the Modern Eater website, themoderneater.com. Click on the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. What you will see there are two things, a way to sign up if you want to be a student and a way to grab students for your kitchen if you are a restaurateur, a manager, what have you. If you're in the business or you want to be in the business, this is for you. Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. Hi. Back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the outtake version. What's up, Denver? I'm Chef Natasha Hess, and this is Chef Carrie Baird, and we are at the Ginger Pig. Check us out, gingerpig.com. You can also see us on themoderneater.com. Thanks, everybody. It's cornstarch. I know. It's cool. All right, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater. And this segment is brought to you by Elevation Food and Service. Uh, we're super excited uh, to be bringing you this incredible show uh, with Chef Carrie Baird, uh, who's making her nachos over here, or finishing her nachos. Chef Joe Sasto from Southern California, and uh, Chef Joe Flam from Chicago, uh, who is uh, currently taking care of his child. And uh, we had Mo, uh, Chef Fatima's brother, call in at 2.20 in the morning from Pakistan. What an incredible guy that is. Uh, and we're super excited to uh, talk about the Chef Fatima Foundation a little bit more. And, and, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, folks that are listening to the show today uh, will head out to that, uh, to, to, to that website and to the Instagram and donate some money. And, uh, you know, let's help feed the children and get this food truck up and running. Great mission. So... Um, Carrie? Yes. What do we got going over here? Well, so I'm just finishing up my, you know, Blake Edmonds inspired nachos. But so okay. I have three different flavors of chips. Mm -hmm. I did a coconut braised pork shoulder. It's in there. You can't Whoa. see it. It's super, super yummy. I just finished with lime, black beans. I have a spicy rojo salsa, uh, pickled jalapenos and case. I have two types of cheese. Queso and then queso Oaxaca. So amazing. Delicious. And I know those are going to be delicious. I can see the ingredients are incredible. <laughs> They're colorful. Yes. Joe, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're, you're getting going on camera over here. What do we got? Yeah, you see, I'm going the other route. I didn't have Whiskey Bear helping me out with all my mise en place. So <laughs> I actually had to go deep into my refrigerator and see what I had around. But since I consider myself a nacho connoisseur and I'm always prepared for a nacho emergency. So even when Carrie <laughs> asked me last minute to be here on the show, I knew no matter what, I would have what it takes to get nachos on the table. So I actually, I have uh, my chips um, here on the side. I have some crema and avocado, which if like we're talking about the components of nacho, I think you always need a crema. Like, do you have a crema on yours, Carrie? Something creamy? I, uh, queso. I 
I have queso. Queso, okay. But so and you again, got, you got let it. me reiterate, my pork was braised in coconut milk, so it's yeah. So I think that kind creamy. of if it's saucy, it's you're kind of there. <laughs> awesome. Um, um, so I'm doing it. my cream and and uh, avocado together because I don't have a lot of either, so I'm kind of bulking that out. Some cilantro and green onions, and then uh, what do I have? I have some. Uh, some pork sausage, some Italian pork sausage, just reheated in the microwave because I'm super fancy over here. Uh, <laughs> like you don't even have to get a pan dirty. Um, and then fortunately enough, I always keep nacho cheese. Uh, this is like a, uh, a Parmesan fondue actually because we are a little fancy over here in California. <laughs> and so I'm going to do, because I want your opinion on this and I thought about this in advance and I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were. So I'm going to kind of go against the grain once again. And I have a separate bowl. I'm going to put my cheese sauce in the bowl. I'm going to top my cheese sauce with my my meat. And then we're going to put a little bit of our, our guac Get and crema. Get out of here. You can't mix the hot and the cold. Oh. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not <laughs> the, the part that I'm concerned with because you could absolutely do that. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. What I am going to not do is put them on top of each other. <laughs> is it still nachos? No. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. No, this is the a answer. No, but I understand yeah. the question. <laughs> why? Why is the answer no? You because that you, is a dip. That's all, a dip. That's you a have dip. chips and a dip. You have chips and a dip. Even though there's multiple components and layers to my dip. Yeah, that's it. I do, however, commend you though. You are not, even though I like it, but you're not going to have any soggy chips with this scenario. This is true. And they could stay exactly. out for days and hours. Yeah. Like you're an innovator, Joe. Yeah. I and like so, it. I, mean, I don't I want it, but I like you're, it. You have some soggy chips in your pile already. Yeah, All right. I, but that's okay because they're the best part. Do you remember that meal we had with brother down in Colorado Springs and we had the nachos? And then at the very bottom of the nachos, these genius people in Colorado Springs had put a flour tortilla. Oh, yeah. And then yes. remember you, and you and brother school. rolled it up and ate like yeah. this crunchy burrito at the end of it? Can we... Can we also mention that that meal was consumed at like 3 a.m.? <laughs> just, just for context. Yes. All right, so I have to. I this have is to not my, like I have to do my lunch. nacho plate right here. I got to get my stuff going, and um, so I was asked uh, to do uh, an alternative version of nachos, and I have beef penang, so I'm going to do a Thai curry uh, nacho. So I have beef penang. I have some basil, I have some green onions, I have some mozzarella, some lime, and I also have coconut, cream of coconut instead of a crema. So I'm going to put a little lime in there, and boom, that's what's going to happen. So I'm off. All I'm right. Take over. <laughs> How is it, Joe? You say hi to Joe. Hi, Joe. Say hi, Carrie. Hi. Very happy here. We got little Flam back in the building, everyone. No, I can't quite see him. Well, I'm eating my nachos, and they are classic good, which we know they are. Are they delicious? I I'm very happy with this. And up, so can we get, I'm waiting for that. Can we get Joe Flam mm. to weigh in on this? Yeah. We have Am I one. eating nachos if I have all of my chips on the side and all of my toppings on the other side? Pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like the, uh, you know, like how there's that one ramen where you, like, take the noodles and you dip it in the broth? Mm. It's the that of nachos. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's That's still right. ramen. Superman ramen. So I'm right. getting my nachos going. I have Karen, the Fritos brand jalapeno cheddar dip in a can. 
I'm going to serve it cold for the viscosity. <laughs> Something we appreciate here in the Midwest. We like them thick. A study in texture. You know? <laughs> I have a half a bag of local tortilla chips. Delicious. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Um, I have a giant baby. Dip one. Are we going to get an introduction to the good-looking mm. baby? What's your name? Huh? Are you Luca? Hi, Luca. Luca, what are the uh, top chef 2040? Luca, right there. All right. Yeah. Luca Bear. Joe Flam, have you, have you ever heard of a hibiscus and clove and cinnamon tortilla chip? No, I think I've had it as a cigarette, but not as a tortilla chip. Well, that's what we're playing with today. Pretty awesome. You've smoked it, but I've never eaten it. <laughs> yeah. Those are like those Dijaram blacks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Luca. How was your nap? I haven't seen Luca since he was just this big. He's like almost the size of a sasto now. Yeah. Right, Luca? You being shy? Sometimes we're shy when we wake up from our nap. Yeah. That was really great that Mo could call him. Look at this. Yeah. Joe Clem, you've stayed in pretty good touch with Mo over the past two years, right? Isn't it gorgeous? We've talked a, we, we, we yeah, talked a lot. Uh, basil, um, serranos, um, chili paste. We've been talking about uh, like going to Lahore. Garlic, cumin. Um, mm-hmm. So trying to figure that out, the logistics of it really. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing. Um, totally. So I was supposed to go like last October. So now he's talking about this October. Um, and luckily Hillary's been like, you know, when it's clear to, once there's an opportunity to go, you have to go. And we'll just figure it out, um, you know, how to make it work with kids and restaurant and everything. Yeah. And I just think it's one of those things. It's like when the opportunity presents itself, it's like if you don't do it, it's never going to happen. Right. Um, and it was something, you know, Fati and I always talked about and I always wanted to do. She was like, you know, you have to come to Pakistan. It's like, you know, yeah. it's just a land of really bad Italian food and really, really beautiful women. She was like, yeah. you'll love it. <laughs> She always told me that I'd have to come. <laughs> she was going to take me to Pakistan for a three-day wedding. And like, they party for three days straight for every wedding and how incredibly fun it was. And we were going to go someday. So you have to go and tell us how it is. So is that one of the spots you and uh, Blake are considering? <laughs> Good one. He'll like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell us about Rosemary and the and your announcement, the little flambina. Yeah, so um, Luke is going to have a little baby sister come July 1st. Um, really? But before that, he's going to have another sibling in the form of a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Rosemary, hopefully, we're shooting for like mid-April at this point. Oh, cool. But it's uh, 932 West Fulton, so Fulton Market, uh, Chicago West Loop area. Um, and it's, you know, Adriatic food, so Croatian, Italian, Balkan food. Um, just super wine focused and just like really fun stuff to eat like while you're drinking wine and hanging out. How much orange wine? Uh, how much orange wine on that wine list? There's gonna be some orange wine on that wine list for sure. Yeah, that sounds amazing, man. So we um, we're opening up a cocktail bar here in Colorado, and I noticed that we were on the same list for top 15 anticipated openings for food and wine. So that's pretty oh right cool. on. That's pretty cool stuff and. It is we'll have to have you guys come hang out at our bar, and I'll come hang out in your kitchen. Listen, yeah. man, I cannot wait to come down to Chicago and eat at your places. So, oh, I mean, it's going to be yeah, great. It's going to be awesome, and we'll all, we'll all get out there. 
So you know, the last dinner I did before the shutdown carry was that the epic uh, Carrie Feller Wild Tour um, in uh, at Bardo, where uh, Joe Sasso made a guest appearance. Even that was I was thinking I, about. I that. surprised everyone, and the crowd went wild. That was so that fun. Was like, great. All of a sudden, Joe and Bella were just standing in the room. Like, what? In, how'd you guys even get to Denver right. in winter? Right, right. It was like a <laughs> WWE production. Oh my God! It's Joe and Bella. What? Um, Joe Sasso, what have you been up to? I saw you were a Lazy Bear all week. What were you doing? I was at Lazy Bear all week. I did. Uh, it was the first time I was back in a restaurant kitchen since February. Um, so that was pretty. I mean, I think. No, I've done one other thing since being in the Bardo kitchen. Um, but since February, and so after the shutdown, I moved everything virtually, and I've been teaching virtual classes, doing pasta classes, cooking classes. Uh, I would say at least once a month we're doing public classes, but a whole lot of private things, corporate mm-hmm. events, um, team building exercises, things like that, all through Zoom or Google or all these different web things that have come on, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and so it's the closest thing I've been getting to actually cooking for people is getting to cook with people and so it's been really inspiring to kind of be in all these um you know for at the beginning we're strangers by the end we're like best friends do you see this being as, in all of their homes do you see this as, as something that's going to continue uh when we get some normalcy back and and uh and you're back in a normal kitchen i mean are you going to continue to do online courses things like that and and where do we go to sign up for these this sounds amazing so I, re- I mean, I think it has potential to continue on. I think especially in like the celebration team kind of thing, whether it's like you're celebrating a birthday and you have like family members from all around the country and everybody gets together on Sunday and cooks and I host and teach everyone, walk everyone through a recipe. Um, or it's for a, you know, a corporate group and they want to get something really good for all of their employees and kind of celebrate everyone coming together. They just finished a big project. And so I think it works really well on either end of the spectrum, even as not, life goes back to normal, because people still like to cook. I think that's one thing this past year has taught all of us, is that cooking at home can be fun, it can be relaxing, it can be enjoyable, it doesn't need to be stressful. And so those are all the kind of things that I celebrate, and you can find out a whole bunch more about all the classes, the public and the private versions on joesasto.com. One of the- As an alumnus of his classes, I gotta say, they're pretty great. <laughs> One of the things that Joe I saw, joins in the, occasionally and likes to give me a hard time. One of the statistics so if you're I lucky saw, enough. which was amazing in uh, through COVID, was that 60% of America is fed through restaurants. Isn't that crazy? Can you guys talk about what you? What's your reaction to a statistic like that? And 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 I mean, how are restaurants and how are you guys in your communities, you know, kind of contributing to kind of to to the healing process? Um, you know, that, you know, the country clearly is, is beginning to go through right now. You know, I live in a, a pretty, pretty tight-knit community on the south side of Chicago. So um, the people down here have been very, very much rallying around the places in the community and just making it a focus to whether they're making beer, selling food, selling, you know, whether they're selling pizzas, um, steaks, or hot dogs, you know what I mean? They're supporting um, support them as much as I can. Uh, me and some guys in the neighborhood, we've been doing a thing where we've been doing big bulk uh, beer orders from local craft brew places where it's like, I'll pick one and then I'll text all the guys I know, you know, within five blocks of me and I'll say, hey, um, I'm gonna go pick a beer from this brewery who wants in. And so that we can spend, you know, six, seven, eight hundred bucks as a total 
um, that's going to go right to this brewery, no middlemen, um, and get it in their pockets and buy, you know, <clears throat> 10, 11 cases of beer, get them out throughout the neighborhood, um, and then, you know, everybody wins. It's a nice, you know, like we get to drink beer and, and it, the, the breweries are supported. And I love that, and I want to say something about that because I think breweries kind of got forgotten a little bit, as did some other businesses. You know, restaurants have been, and rightfully so, at the forefront of a lot of these conversations and stuff, but it's the whole ecosystem. It's the farmers, it's the breweries, it's the, you know, the distillers, the bakers, all that kind of stuff. So um, I love that you're doing that. I think that, that is, uh, that's incredible stuff. What about, what about what's going on in SoCal? Um, you know, SoCal is an interesting place. I actually moved away from SoCal yeah. <laughs> in the beginning of November. I'm back in the Bay Area and I couldn't be happier. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where I think no matter what, restaurants even historically have always been that group that bands together and will be the first people to volunteer their times, to volunteer their resources, to help out others and their causes and fundraising and the community. And just whenever uh, someone else needs help, it's usually the restaurants or the chefs they are the first people to kind of respond to things. And so it's been really great seeing the community responding back and ordering takeout and supporting restaurants in whatever way they can, whether they're just buying gift cards or buying swag and apparel and things like that to kind of keep them going. Because no restaurant is necessarily doing well right now, um, but they're all surviving. And so I think the biggest thing I, you know, I like to encourage people to do is you never know when your favorite spot around the corner could be their last Saturday because, you know, they're not going to talk about it necessarily and how hard they're struggling. Yeah. And so if you have the means and you have the opportunity and, you know, even if maybe you're okay with cooking at home and you're totally fine with it, I'm totally fine with cooking for myself, but yet I still get takeout just to support restaurants I care about in my area, even though I'm I can make it myself. And so it's like, I, I want to do my part and I want to encourage others to just continue to support restaurants. Cause they're the place where we go for celebrations. We go to gather with friends and family and to come together as a community. So I think it's important that we continue to support them just like they've always supported us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Carrie, you know, you're over at the ginger pig right now mm-hmm. and uh, you guys actually opened up a place in the middle of the pandemic. We did. So talk about that. That must have been an incredible experience. So the Ginger Pig opened October 28th, and um, it's a small little restaurant. We can, with 25% occupancy, that leaves 13 people in our building. So we still rely very heavily on takeout. But, you know, it's a neighborhood spot, and the neighborhood's showing up. We've been busy, and with, you know, people are being, how do you say, people are being uh, gentle with, you know, we're a new restaurant. We're learning how to change directions every minute of every day and Mm -hmm. you know just really trying to focus on putting good food out and you know letting the neighborhood know that we're there and that we're trying you know but it's so far so good you know somebody gave me this tip early in COVID. i can't remember who it was i wish i could give them credit but they were like if you're thinking about going out to your favorite restaurant you either can't because they're closed or you're not comfortable with doing it buy a gift card if it's a special occasion for you and you would have gone out Buy a gift card and save it. So at least you're spending that money at that restaurant and you're giving it a better chance to be there when this is all over. Um, And I don't know who gave me that piece of advice. I loved it. I've shared it with a ton of people, but I think it's like, so, you know, my Hillary's anniversary came and went. And so, you know, I bought a hundred dollar gift card for a restaurant in Hyde Park here called Virtue that I love because I was like, oh, I would love to have eaten there for it, but we couldn't. So let's, you know, put it in the books that we're going to eat there at least. Um, And so I've done that a few times over the past, you know, nine months or so. Um, I think it's been great. Well, I want to say, you know, all three of you guys have all been, you know, you've been super generous 
uh, over the years coming up and cooking at Bardo with dinners and raising money and you know your voices are really important and it's just great to have you out here and, and uh, I know personally uh, I appreciate each of you and, and uh, this is a, an incredible time that we're living in and we need leaders like you. So we're going to take a break uh, here at the Modern Eater. Um, my nachos are done. There they, they are. They look pretty good. They look pretty good. They look, they're cheesy. Do I? Can I is this going to be too hot for me to pick up? Should, yeah, I'm going to go like that. All right, boys. There we go. We got Penang uh, nachos. There you go. Beef Penang. All right. Back to the show in just a second. Hey, guys. Alex Armitas over at Sam's number three, Glendale. You want a Bloody Mary? You want a cheeseburger? You want a breakfast burrito? Greek salad? Bacon gyro meat? Chicken souvlaki? Barbecue ranch salad? We got you covered. Come down and see us. One more time. Try it again. Hey, guys. Alex Armitas over here at Sam's number three, Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com. Thank you so much. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time and you're watching The Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Back to the show in just a second, but before that, I want to talk to you about A-plus Beverage Solutions. Jeff Rourke at A-plus Beverage Solutions, he's the best in the business when it comes to installing tap lines. And don't take my word for it. Take the thousands and thousands of locations uh, in the world that he's done it. Punchbowl Social will fly this guy to California and maybe hang out with Chef Joe a little bit. I don't know. But they'll fly him to California to put in their tap lines. That's telling you something because California has people to put in tap lines. 20 years plus in the business, Jeff Rourke has been doing it and doing it and doing it well. If I were you, I would call Jeff Rourke. 720-272-3809. Grab a pen or put your thinking cap on. I'm going to say it one more time. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Now back to Juan and the show. Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. I am hosting the Modern Eater in, in 
Lou of Greg Hollenbeck on vacation, so we're excited to be here with Joe Sasto, Joe Flam, and Chef Carrie Baird, all from Top Chef, talking about the Chef Fatima Foundation today, which we learned a lot about from her brother Mo, um, and, uh, and our nacho cook-off. And we've had quite the debate about nachos, so let's talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> well, Juan, your nachos are pretty good. Thank you. I mean, your, your ratio topping to chip is pretty solid. And your cheese, you didn't hold back. I enjoyed a lot. And I can also appreciate you laying them out versus the mountain. Yeah. I went with the mountain. Sasto, what's your thought on laying them out in peaks? I like the aesthetics of the Nacho Mountain. I'm a big fan of conquering Nacho Mountain. But when you do, you have to be thoughtful about it and build the layers. Yeah, you got to build so the layers. That way it's you're not... getting everything in all the layers and you're just building upwards and you're not just having naked chips underneath because naked no. chips can only get you so far. It's not a natural volcano. It's a natural mountain. Exactly. <laughs> Mountains have layers. Yes. I, I like the mountain and my mountain was very thoughtful. Chip, cheese, stuff, chip, cheese, stuff all the way to the top. Yeah, your nachos are delicious. And the queso, <sighs> let's be real, that's the best queso there is. Hands down. I absolutely love it. The pork is super salty. You got yep. some spicy on there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's pretty much a salad because there's chopped romaine and super healthy. Super healthy. Pretty much a salad. Healthy nachos. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's that's considered keto where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So over here we did uh, a Thai nacho. Uh, we did beef penang, um, which is a pretty spicy beef dish um, from Thailand. And uh, I just did mozzarella cheese. Um, I chopped up some basil, some green onion, and uh, I did a coconut cream. And I just added a little lime to that uh, to to, uh, to balance the heat because the beef is pretty spicy. It is a lot of serranos. Mm -hmm. So, yep. um, so that's simple. That's what we did, and and I think all the flavors kind of came through pretty well with this. So, yeah. I did not stack it. I wanted individual nachos. Hey, Juan. Nacho Plateau. Jay, Par Nacho Plateau. Jay Parker over here. Juan in the commercial break offered me a, a, a handful of nachos, and I felt terrible saying no, but I want to, it's very important to me that you understand. It's not because I don't think they sound delicious or look delicious. I'm just doing some things. But hearing you <laughs> describe those, and you know what gets me, Little Rich, and Little Rich is on the camera in case anybody's wondering, uh, is the coconut. Man, if, yeah. you, if you say coconut, my ears perk up, and, and it doesn't matter in, in what fashion. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm half Puerto Rican. I don't know if you guys know this, so coconut has always been a big part of everything I've eaten in my entire life. And uh, we also have incredible coconut rice um, uh, that we make at Senor Bear. We, by we, good. I mean uh, uh, Whiskey Bear yeah. uh, at Senor Bear and Mr. Rosa. So coconut is, uh, is incredible. So, boys, uh, amazing. Uh, JoeSasto.com. That's where you can, you can sign up for a class, right, Joe? That's right. Cooking okay. classes, uh, everything you need to know. Or find me on Instagram at chef.joe.sasto. Cats and pasta content nonstop. Too much non -stop. cat content. I, yeah, I, do, I do actually like your Instagram. You got, you, you're a good photographer. Your pasta is looking incredible. So, Joe Flam. Uh, you find me uh, at uh, instaflam .com, at um, Instagram, insta.flam, uh, flamjoe on Twitter, um, Rosemary Chicago for all the updates on the restaurant. If you want to check that out on Instagram, that's also our website, Rosemary Chicago. Uh, Joeflam.com has got some pictures of me and pasta. If you're into that sort of thing, it's right up your alley. Um, otherwise, just show up in Chicago and ask somebody where I am. They'll tell you where to find me. Yeah. 
If you ever need to mail anything to Joe Flam, just write Joe Flam Chicago, and they know what and to do from it? there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it know works. what to do. Give it to me. That's amazing. <laughs> Boys, you guys are awesome. Chef Carrie Baird, we can find you at the Ginger Pig. That's where I'm uh, currently cooking at. Yes, that's mm-hmm. where we're currently cooking, and uh, that's super delicious. So, Thank you. Uh, you and Natasha are doing a great job over there. Um, nachos were incredible. Yep. So uh, this was a super fun thing to do. And uh, f- closing comments on uh, Fatih. Well, on Fatih, uh, well, obviously we lost her two years ago and it was very hard. But one thing that I think of is, you know, going on Top Chef, meeting you guys, meeting Fatih and everybody else, like mm. to come full circle and to go through an experience like this together and then have loss. To have each other it just is everything. And someone like Fatih was so generous with, you know, in her personality and everything she gave, like just to be together and, you know, have each other even after her passing is, is great. Yeah. Boys, anything to add to that? I think don't forget about the, the foundation that, that Mo had started. I think that's really important. And even if there's nothing that you can give personally out there, follow along, share it, tell your friends. You never know who you may touch with the information about the foundation. Connect with someone that they can help, they can donate, they may have some impact, and maybe someday you can too, but following along, showing your support, and uh, I think that's the best thing we could all do right now. Let me make sure I have this right. ChefFatimaFoundation.org. That sounds right. Is that correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Joe Flam, close, closing comments? Yeah, I think, you know, Fati just, um, I think we all, you know, knowing her, knew the impact uh, that she had and what the impact she would have had um, had she had even more time. Um, and I think that's kind of left us all with just um, big shoes to fill and a heavy load to carry. And I think we all know if roles were reversed and, uh, you know, God forbid it was one of us and Fatih was still here, she would move move mountains to make sure that, um, you know, we left behind what we wanted. So I think we all kind of feel that, uh, that, that debt to her and we know that we're going to do everything we can to make sure this foundation um, is a success and does her name uh, does her name well. Awesome. Thank you guys all very much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Again, ChefFatimaFoundation.org. Uh, Mo said to hold off for a day or two before you go out and donate some money. Uh, we're going to put some money in and feed some kids. I think that's important. Uh, and, uh, and it sounds like... Uh, we're going to have a, a dinner coming up maybe in Colorado uh, <laughs> with, uh, w- w- when it gets a little warmer. For well, let's do it in the cold. Let's get some turns in. Yeah. Oh, is that what yeah. we want to do? All right. Well, we'll do it whatever you want. So we got all kinds of space out here. So, again, thank you, guys. Um, you know, we're going to go to break right here. Coming up, uh, we have a new segment called Where Juan Eats, and I'm pretty excited to uh, debut that today. So. Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the the Modern Eater. And uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators... You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever. 
And we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry-out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow! Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. I go home, I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. <laughs> skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's skivvies, man. Back to the show in just a second, but... You know what time it is? It's time for bread, baby. That is right, bread. Now listen, when they're making nachos, nachos are great and I love nachos, but all I could think about is taking all those beautiful ingredients and sprinkling them over some Aspen Baking fresh bread. AspenBaking.com is where you go to get that fresh bread, you guys. Since 1994, they've been baking the freshest bread in the city. They're the definition of local. They're the definition of, of uh, good, right? You like chemicals? Well, then don't go there because they don't put them in there. If you like artificial coloring or if you like to freeze your bread before you eat it then don't go to aspen because they don't do that either aspenbaking.com if you're a chef and you have a restaurant and you don't have the means to bake your own bread even though you want to aspen baking is where you go to where you can feel good about the product you can feel good about its quality you can feel good about who's baking it and you can feel good about the business that's behind it and it's aspenbaking.com and now back to the show and juan has a, a new segment he's premiering man and this is going to be fun go ahead juan Welcome to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater, and I am here with Chef Kerry Baird, uh, who is co-hosting, and we had an incredible show today with, uh, in honor of the Chef Fatima Foundation, uh, I'm going to say that again, ChefFatimaFoundation.org, uh, please go out and check that out, uh, super important mission, and uh, it was exciting to have uh, Joe Sasto, uh, Joe Flam, uh, and, uh, and, and Chef Baird from uh, Top Chef. Uh, that was an exciting season, and every time uh, these, these, these folks get together, it's a good time. And, and we made nachos, uh, and we talked shop, and uh, we talked philanthropy. Uh, we got some great tortilla chips from Rockalitas, so thank you, Little Rich. Um, so awesome, uh, incredible uh, colors and all kinds of different stuff. He made special tortillas for us today, so this is a super special show. So I'm really excited to debut Where Juan Eats today, and we went to Edgewater Market uh, to eat at Conjo Ethiopian, which is one of my favorite places in all of Colorado to eat. 
Um, there's a family uh, that has been uh, that started out in the, as a, with a food truck, and now they've got, they have a catering company, um, and uh, they have their food stall at the Edgewater Market, which is uh, right off Sheridan um, near Sloan's Lake. So I hope you enjoy. How you doing? I'm here with my friend Chris Warren, and we are on the Modern Eater Show. And Chris is an advanced scout for the Colorado Rockies, and uh, we love going out and checking out new places. And we're at one of my favorites today, Konjo Ethiopian, over in the Edgewater Marketplace, with my friend Galila and Fetien. And uh, they are amazing uh, cooks, and, and uh, this is one of my favorite places to eat in all of Colorado. And I hope that you guys uh, fall in love with it like I have. So, Galila. Hi. Tell me what Konjo means. Onjo translates into beautiful in the Ethiopian language of Amharic. So black is Onjo, black is beautiful. That's amazing. Amen. Awesome. And your food is gorgeous. It's colorful, it's yep. tasty, it's healthy. Super healthy. Is, uh, which That's is the best part. Thing, so, which is why I come over here and eat here. It tastes good and it's healthy, which is typically a uh, not, not a combination that you always find. True. So, But Ethi Ethiopian food is... Uh, is some of the hardiest, uh, most delicious food, in my opinion, that's out there. So, Ali, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what you guys are cooking. Is that to me? That's to me. Right on. Well, so one of our most popular items is our loaded fries. You can load up our French fries, potato wedges, with any of your selections, and it's just so darn good. What do you have there? What's going on? This there? is our yellow split peas simmered in turmeric, mm -hmm. high in deliciousness, health. The works, you know, it just has it all. Chris, and they also that'll got fill you up or what? I'm gonna go right behind you too. <laughs> Everything down here will fill me up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it all. Right yeah. So tell me about this. Ethiopians don't typically make burritos, but you guys make Ethiopian burritos, and they're absolutely awesome. I mean, we grew up with burritos in our house. Okay. Shout out to being Americanized. You know, that was <laughs> great. All right. So it's like it's a normal thing for us. Awesome. How many brothers and sisters in your family? I am one of 12. 12? Yes. And, and I'm on like the bottom of the food chain. Okay. But I, they say I have the most So there's fast. a food chain. You're at the top of the food chain, Fetian? Oh, allegedly. Okay. okay. So what does that mean? Does that mean that when Fetian talks, you listen? It means I never learned how to fight, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's what that is. <laughs> just got punked left and right. That's it. Amazing. Yes. You know, just a Amazing. Few. Well, Chris, what do you think? What do you see? Let's see if we can watch something get cooked over here. Today? It's going to be a good time. Awesome. What are we going to make? Well, I'm just going to double check with my uh, lovely woman over here, ma'am. I see 25 minutes for Christian, but is that for Jody actually? No. Oh, so Jody wants hers right now? Okay. Okay, cool. Right on. We're going to make a breakfast burrito, guys. Our awesome. vegan burritos. I mean, if I told you to move, would you listen? Just kidding. You're fine. <laughs> You're totally fine. You're doing great, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we're just making right. our breakfast burritos. Um, it's really our vegan breakfast burritos are the most popular. And I just love the butter that goes in it. So oil, butter, and I just get that started, you Is know. Is that like ghee? Yeah. Okay. Really what, cool. What does that translate into? What language or culture is that again? Yeah. That's right. That makes sense. Awesome. Sorry. Cool. What else? So what do we got here in this veggie mix? Oh, this is our base. And this is just a lot easier for me. So I have garlic, onions, tomatoes, and red onions. Wait, I said that. 
Jalapenos. Did I and say that one? Yes. Amazing. So a little spicy. Just get Is that Ethiopian in. food typically spicy? No. Well, depending on who makes it, then absolutely. We like to focus more on flavor than okay. like an overwhelming spice. Because if okay. it's too spicy, you so can't enjoy spicy, it. So not spicy, hot, but spicy in terms of bringing out interesting flavors. Yes. Because you're okay. gonna like you're gonna smell it before you even taste it. Okay. That's always my test. If it smells spicy, I'm like I need to brace myself. Okay. Get some milk in my system. Okay gonna be real awesome yeah amazing so we got eggs yes real eggs real eggs that's what they call it okay Jay do you want me to move that trash can behind you so vegetarian you, burrito vegetarian our vegan burritos have our uh, spiced red lentils uh, okay. yellow rice which is just like a touch of turmeric okay spinach with potatoes and french fries awesome it's just so good you okay. know so you can kind of you can decide whether or not you want to be vegan or you want to be vegetarian yeah. or how much is meat prevalent in the Ethiopian cuisine? Meat is very prevalent. There's no pork. Okay. Throughout Ethiopia, like the last time I was there, I saw pigs and I was like, "Who's eating this?" But it was for all the foreigners, which I thought was fascinating that they just imported pigs for everyone else. For tourists? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's interesting. There was like a whole farm and I was like, yeah. mm, every religion in Ethiopia doesn't eat pork. So I thought it was just a really interesting thing to come across, you know? Huh. I'm so if you're going to go to you, if you're going to go to Ethiopia, yeah. right? Where like are there different regional cuisines around Ethiopia? There are. Okay. There are. And I'm from the north side, north side. But um <laughs> There's plenty of options all over. Awesome. Yeah. So Chris. Yep. Chris is an advanced scout for the Colorado Rockies. And what he does is he goes and he evaluates players and he evaluates teams and he prepares his team to play. Is that is there any similarity between how you choose to to go out to eat at a restaurant when you go out? Do you have an evaluation process considering that's your mindset and everything else that you do? Um, you know, most of all, I'm, I'm a creature of habit, you know, and most baseball players are. So, you know, if I find something I, if I find something I truly like in a, in a good restaurant that has good ambiance and just good scenery and yeah. great food, um, good service, I'm, I'm all, I'm, it's going to be a place I, I will probably go to more times than not. Have you had Ethiopian food before? Yes, yes. And awesome. it, it is unbelievable. It, it is um, probably one of the more filling meals I've ever had. Okay. Chris is technically Ethiopian. He's he just doesn't know Ethiopian. it yet. He doesn't know it okay. yet. Awesome. So are you indoctrinating him into the Ethiopian culture? I don't know if I have that type of power, but you're welcome. Okay? Yeah, well, you're welcome to hang. I'll take it. I'll take it. it. There you go. Well, this is amazing. We love watching you cook, and we're looking forward to eating some food. Yes. Let's do it, guys. Fetien, uh, who is the owner of Konjo Ethiopian, and uh, we just learned that Konjo means beautiful, and look at this food, absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Fetien, walk us through what this is. You got it. So traditionally in Ethiopia, our staple is an Ethiopian flatbread called injera. So it's made out of barley and a grain called F, and it's fermented, so it's like a sourdough taste to it. Uh -huh. So from start to finish, it's about a three to four day process, right? So it comes out almost like a crepe, a round griddle type crepe. Okay. You roll it up, you put some on the bottom, put your sauces on top, and then you have your rolls on the side with which you use to eat. So your hands are actually your utensils. Okay, so right? yeah, traditionally in, in Ethiopia, you're not using one of these guys. No, you can. We won't make fun of you. <laughs> but definitely, definitely use your hands as your utensils, all right? Awesome. You break off a piece. Here okay. we have a spiced red lentil called Miserwet, and then you have chicken tips. 
And this is almost like a stir fry, so saute with onions, garlic, jalapenos, so tomatoes. Just go in like this. Go for it. Yes, okay, absolutely. So I'm grab some chicken. Yep. And some lentils. Yep, and scoop it up. Scoop it all up right in this bread right here. There you go. And wait for all go. the deliciousness. Oh, mm. oh so good. <laughs> so mm. good. <laughs> so that one is Amazing. your chicken, and then here you're gonna have your uh, beef, and then you have lamb. So all different types of tips. So basically, cubed meat, saute with all the onions and the veggies. And it's so damn good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he, he ate my chicken, by the way. Yeah, you did eat his chicken. <laughs> that was his specific one, but that's okay. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad. Getting it, it, looks so, it looks I so good. I can't really talk right now because I have my mouth full with all this delicious food. And it has and a nice um, little kick to it, you know? Yeah. And Ethiopian food traditionally, you know, is, is really healthy. I mean, it's this is like, these healthy. are like lean meats and you have spinach and lots of vegetables. You got it. So it's all locally sourced <coughs> meats, right? And then everything is gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free. All of our veggies are dairy-free mm -hmm. and everything is sucker-free. Okay. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Chris, get in there. I think I will. Tell me what you think. Are you going to go, you're going to go American I'm traditional? Not, I'm not. I'm going with the... Go with that? Yes. Yep. Put that on. It's all good. Break it off a piece. Yep. Scoop it right up. Mm-hmm. There you go. And so it's going to have oh, like a, like almost like a sourdough taste to it, you know? No mess at all. I have food all over the place <laughs> right here. Chris just cleans it up. Precision athlete. <coughs> has, a little, has a little kick. <coughs> got that water, yep. Got a little kick to it. It, it does kick. have a little kick this, to this it. This is unbelievable. Thank you. Right? Thank Great. you. Yeah. They're very nice and flavorful, so it's, it's nice to come out and eat something that's different, mm -hmm. you know, kind of outside of the norm. Right. And I like that it's, you know, it's, it's right on par and trending with different, um, you know, health and dietary needs. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So do you get people that, like, come and they specifically, they're just like, hey, I want healthy food, and they identify Ethiopian with healthy food, or is that something that's an education process? That I think it's a bit of an education process, but what they really like about Ethiopian food and Eritrean food is that it has lots of veggie options. Uh -huh. Right? So, coincidentally enough, our biggest seller is our veggie combo. Is that right? Yes, it is. Some yeah. people come in for their veggies, and they know that it's a vegan, so they can come somewhere where it's, it's hearty, and it's not just a salad or just okay. pasta or just pizza. You know, it's actually something that's good for you. Okay. It's made fresh from scratch and sent out to you. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about this. Oh, sambusa. So you see this it's in other cultures favorite. as well. These are almost like a, it's almost like a patty. Mm-hmm. Almost okay. like, a, like an empanada, uh -huh. right? Similar to like a samosa. Right. So this is stuffed with brown lentils, Ethiopian seasoning called the, some kororima, some onions, some garlic, jalapenos. Okay. And then we deep fry it. So it's a, a little egg roll wrapper. Okay. Deep fry and you dip it into our house-made awaze hot sauce. So we want to like, if I'm going to, look oh at yeah. this. Look at that. Hmm? Jay, look at this. All these lentils. Mm-hmm. Super healthy. Amazing. So although the filling is vegan, but the outside wrap contains egg, so it's more vegetarian. Which I'm allergic to, but I'm going to have a little bit of egg. Heck yes. So, all right, tell me about this again. This is our Awaze hot sauce. Okay. House made. So it's going to be hot. A little bit of a kick, not too much, you know. Mm. We try to make our food, honestly, more flavorful than spicy so that everyone can enjoy it. And if you want an extra kick, we'll put it on the side. This for you. is like light and delicious. It eats really well. It's so good. Yeah. A lot of times these things fall apart. This is awesome. Thank you. You should try this. Here. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Try it with the hot sauce? Yeah, the hot sauce is really good. Yeah. 
And you're right. It's not like overly like burn your mouth hot. It's not. It, it just the flavor lingers in your mouth. It's yeah. really a, 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 a an interesting eating experience. Am I just kind of creep up on you for a little bit? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the back of your throat. But yes. <laughs> Yummy, right? Yeah. A little tangy, but it's good. It's great. Yeah. So, what do you cook for your family? For my family, we love shuro. Okay, tell me about that. So shuro what? We actually just had a virtual cooking class. Uh-huh. So ever since the pandemic hit, we were trying to you know pivot and kind of do things that are a bit more creative. Mm-hmm. So we had our third class last night, in which we made shuro what, and which that is S H I R O shuro, what W O T meaning a stew, and it's made of powdered chickpeas. Okay. Right. So it's powdered chickpeas and literally onions, garlic, ginger, tomatoes. Kind of sweat it down, add the powder, some water, mix it. Boom. That's it. Okay. Literally. And then it's almost like a stew. It goes right over the injera. It's one of the easiest things to make. And it's a staple in Ethiopian households. So you're doing these cooking classes online? We are. Okay. Through a Zoom. All right. So we have our classes um, through our website. If you go to our shop page and kind of just add on to it. Our next one is for Valentine's Day. Oh, so We have right. some couples signing okay. up. And it's really open What's to anyone. www.onjoethiopianfood.com. Okay, and you yeah. guys do catering. We do catering. We also have, we started as a catering company. I know. I right? remember so you got to the food truck actually yeah. as well. So we started as Konjo Catering, and then I took on uh, my business partner Yosef. Uh-huh. Him and I launched the Ethiopian food truck, the first of its kind here in Colorado. Okay. And then we just kind of moved forward and opened up the first ever fast casual Ethiopian restaurant. This is incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Yep. I got a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say I'm at home sitting on my couch one night mm-hmm. and I'm craving this food. Mm-hmm. How do I get it? You just give us a call. You can call us. You can order online. We're also on all the third-party delivery apps, okay. all of them, and we're open seven days a week. Mm. Yeah. I may be your best customer. You better come on through. So amazing. Okay. <laughs> come on through. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. That was great. Love you. Love you, too. Thank you. Well, Fetchian, this is amazing. Uh, for Chris Warren and Fetchian, the owner of Conjo Ethiopian, this is where Juan eats. Absolutely delicious. Go ahead. Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater Show. Juan Padro sitting in for Greg Hollenbeck with my co-host, Chef Carrie Baird from Top Chef Colorado, Bardo, Ginger Pig, all these cool places. <laughs> she's been everywhere and done a great job everywhere she's been. Uh, and Chef Blake Stein, uh, who's here from the Culinary Quick Start Program at Emily Griffith uh, School. Yes? Correct. All right. Awesome, man. We're excited to have you guys here. Actually... Uh, just finished up Where One Eats um, on Conjo Ethiopian in the Edgewater Market. I love Ethiopian food. I hear you love Ethiopian food, Blake. What do yeah. you think? Big shout out to uh, Galila and Fetian, man. We love those girls down at Conjo. Uh, they've been a supporter of the Culinary Quick Start program since okay. uh, probably about two, two and a half years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So they do some hiring from you guys? Yeah, they sure did. And uh, we, we had them come in and guest chef us during some uh, competitions that we had during the class. And they were... Phenomenal judges. Yeah, yeah, they're incredible, uh, incredible women. Carrie, have you ever had the opportunity to eat? I haven't. Yeah, well, we're going to take you there for lunch one day. Uh, It's pretty incredible stuff and uh, even more incredible uh, women running that. So, uh, and I I thought, you know, to myself when I was there yesterday, uh, I remember when they had uh, their catering company and a food truck on 27th and Larimer outside of the Meadowlark kitchen and just working their butts off, and it's cool to see them in a stall. And I think they've handled this COVID thing incredibly well, and uh, they continue to put out some of the best food uh, for me uh, in the city. So, uh, culinary quick start, man. Um, I called you guys the other day. Did you know that? 
Yeah, I got a, a note from uh, from yeah. Keo up in our marketing team. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Keo's great. Uh, she's a, a, a longtime friend, and she's been an advocate of Culinary Quick Start. And, uh, and you know, we're doing some hiring. Actually, Blake is doing some hiring over at Mr. Rosso. Mm -hmm. And uh, we thought, you know what? We've got a role that, uh, that we really think uh, would be great for somebody from uh, your program. So tell us a little bit more about the program uh, and what the goal of the program is and... Sure, absolutely. Uh, so we we are a three-week training program trying to either encourage or inspire cooks to take the jump into cooking food, you know, and experience this culinary career, you know, and, and just get as much out of it as we, we put into it and we love mm. it. Or also to bring back cooks that might be a little bit displaced from COVID, you know, try to get them sharpened up and get their skills honed back in, re maybe renew their serve saves, uh, all within a three-week span. And we teach a whole bunch of fundamentals, knife skills, just how to make soups, stocks, everything from the ground up. Okay. Uh, and then into some more incorporated recipes that are a little bit more difficult and different techniques and stuff like that. And okay. So we, when, <clears throat> when, when somebody's hired from Culinary Quick Start, uh, we can expect that they're going to have a refresher on the basics. Some people may have been chefs before or may have been line cooks before and just gone for a refresher, you're saying. Absolutely. Uh, others are new and just trying to get into a new career and you're trying to inspire them mm -hmm. uh, to do, uh, you know, uh, what I consider to be. Uh, some of the most incredible work in the world. So you know. it's, it's had my heart since I was a teenager. You know, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> how That's do right. how do students find you? Like, if they were displaced by COVID or want to get oh, their man. foot in the door, we have a pretty aggressive advertising uh, campaign going on. I think we're on Spotify. I think we do some YouTube stuff too. Uh, we're pretty much all over the place. Mm -hmm. A lot of word of mouth. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of students that take the class. We always tell them if your friends and family are interested in cooking food, and you might want to try it for a job. Come, come seek us out, and we'll help mm -hmm. you get a job. Like Real some, quick, what's your background? Background, I've been cooking since I was a teenager. I grew up out here in Aurora, worked all over Denver Metro, up in the mountains quite, quite a few times. Okay, yeah. so they're going to get some good mentorship. Yeah, or a little from a local guy, too, even. so. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on and talking to us about Culinary Quick Start. Uh, we're excited uh, you know, to get some kids going, and, and uh, as we continue to grow our restaurant group, um, you know, staffing is in, in one, of the, one of the great challenges that you have, especially in the back of the house, uh, to be honest with you. And, and um, you know, anybody that's uh, educating and inspiring young kids, I mean, that's amazing to me. So thank you very much. Awesome. So, Carrie. Yes. What do you think? You know, like, just to go back on hiring, like, it's so hard. We had so many cooks displaced during COVID. That's right. And, you know, we're ramping back up, and here comes the need to rehire them. So we need to find, you know, passionate people who want to come and join our ranks, you know? So it's going to, there's a challenge in front of us. So let me ask you something. When you're hiring as a chef, do you look, like, what's the most important characteristic in, in somebody who's young that comes to you? Is it experience? Is it passion? What is it? You know, for me, if I get a resume, it comes across, um, I look for, you know, longevity. I want to see that somebody can stay in a kitchen for mm -hmm. a certain amount of time. If I see, you know, lots of spots here and there, like, it's a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. I would, if with somebody has the passion, I can teach them to be the cook that I need them to be. Yeah. So I'm looking for passion. I'm looking for commitment. Yeah. And those are, the, those are the most important things for me. What do you tell a young kid who's three weeks through Culinary Quick Start program and he sees a job open for you and she's like, oh my God, she's a top chef. I can, she'll never hire me. What do you say? Heck yeah, I'll hire you. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course. I mean, 
Um, you know, I went to culinary school and it brought me a lot of good. Mm -hmm. But honestly, what what really just sealed the deal is the job I went to at night after class, mm -hmm. you know, like working with on the line, burning myself, cutting my fingers mm -hmm. and just doing those reps for years. That's yeah. when you get strong. Yeah. So don't be afraid to, you know, put yourself out there, find yourself a chef that is kind and willing to be patient and teach you. And mm -hmm. that will, you know, let, let a technical school like that or a little class, not a little class, but an important class, get you there. But mm -hmm. then find a mentor to take you the rest of the way. Yeah, you know? that's great advice. Great advice not only for chefs, but I think for anybody who's young and trying to get out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're in a, a much different, uh, you know, world than we were 18 months ago. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. I'm super optimistic. Um, I love what you're doing. I love you. It's great to see you. Me too. Love you right. too. Thanks for having me. We love the modern eater. We do. <laughs> we do. ChefFatimaFoundation.org. Let's not forget about that. That is the most important thing uh, that we talked about on the show today. Uh, and we are excited uh, to, to uh, promote uh, and support that organization. Uh, it was great to have Joe Satso, Joe Flam. Uh, from Top Chef. Uh, you guys are great friends. So it's so cool we to are. see you guys interact. Yep. Um, and uh, Racalitas with all these incredible tortillas. Thank this you. One. I know. <laughs> I'm going to hold this up one more time. <laughs> this is like this like purple, like clove and hibiscus tortilla. I don't, I've never heard of this. <laughs> it makes a delicious nacho. <laughs> it makes a delicious nacho. And I want to make a dessert nacho with it. So Racalitas, you guys are killing it. Uh, elevation uh, food and service um, culinary quick start at Emily Griffith uh, this is the modern eater show uh, I'm super excited to be here for four more uh, episodes and uh, we're off hey, well oh, not just yet it's no. not gonna be that easy um, do do me a favor Juan you get the feeling that little rich Snyder over rocket leaders tortillas knows what he's doing don't you when you eat his chips um, talk a little bit about the shows that are coming up. You know who are some? Oh of the yeah, who are some of the people you're, you're lining up? What's the theme? And then we'll and then we'll put well, a ribbon. Jay, on Jay, I'm thing. glad you asked. <laughs> Amanda Faison, uh, who I have great admiration for, uh, she was the editor of 5280 Magazine. She's currently with Dining Out. Um, she will be co-hosting with me on Wednesday. And uh, we have Adrian Miller, uh, who is known as the Soul Food Scholar, who's a James Baird award-winning author who lives right here in Colorado, going to come talk about his new book, Black Smoke. Um, and we're going to kick off Black History Month. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some issues there and, and, um, and, and really what you know, life needs to look like moving forward uh, to have an inclusive uh, and, and diverse society and workforce. I think that's extremely important. Friday... Uh, we're going to be doing a Super Bowl special. And the Super Bowl special is going to be co-hosted by Ryan Harris, uh, who's a Super Bowl champion, who is an analyst for Notre Dame football. Uh, so he played for the Broncos, uh, obviously, in 2015. I think that's when they won the Super Bowl. I'm a Patriots fan, so I lose track of that stuff. <laughs> he pretends not to know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we'll have, some, we'll, ha we'll, we'll have some celebrity guests on talking Super Bowl, and, sh and Chef Brother Luck is going to come up and cook. Oh. Uh, so he's going to cook some uh, Super Bowl food, and uh, we're super excited uh, to, uh, to see Brother. So um, those are the next two shows, uh, and then there's going to be more episodes of What Juan Eats. Uh, we're excited to, uh, to share a couple other um, you know, 
kind of secret spots that I go to uh, and I absolutely love uh, in, in and around the Denver area. We're actually going to go out to Aurora tomorrow. So. Let me, cool. just, let me just throw out there, too, if you're somebody that just heard that and go, like, I want to watch uh, Where Juan Eats, but you maybe don't want to just skim through the show when we played it and try to find it, you can go to themoderneater.com, and you can go to the Modern Eater's YouTube page, and then that clip alone uh, stands alone so somebody can just consume uh, where you were at, at the uh, Konjo Ethiopian. Yeah, and I'll put that link up on uh, my Instagram as well. It's at jpod16. Uh, so, um, you know, in the next couple hours, I'll put the link up there and hopefully you can go out there and, um, and, and, and view it there. Carrie Baird, how can people find you on Insta? Uh, Insta, I'm at Chef Carrie B. And then, um, yeah, I have a chefcarriebee.com website too. And just like Joe Sasto, I've been doing virtual cooks and classes and things like that, Amazing. which have been fun. Um, and if you just want to come and eat some food, I'm at the Ginger Pig right now. Awesome. Ginger Pig is incredible. I look forward to going up there again. So, so this is the modern eater. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Jay. Hey, thank you, Juan. You did a great job, and yeah. uh, we'll see everybody uh, Wednesday. Awesome. All right. Looking forward to it. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world. And then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trouble with The Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show.